Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Radiant 17. It's been a while. Been busy seeking and just pressing in and just wanting to hear, posture my heart to hear what the Lord is saying. You know, that um, I can follow it. There are two things that a good friend told me that you should look for in a room or any given situation. What am I supposed to do? And what is Jesus doing? Sometimes in the midst of a situation, we see all the bad that is manifesting, all the stuff that is going on in the room. And we have we give that our attention so much to that we forget that God is in the in the midst and he's moving. And I just want to encourage you that in any situation that you are facing. The Lord is always moving and. We need to be aware. We need to not allow ourselves to be so consumed that we don't cause ourselves to be aware of where the Lord is in all things. And ask that question, Holy Spirit, where are you? Where is your river flowing? Where are you moving? I see this situation that is presented. I see this here that is I'm face to face with. But what are you doing? How can I partner with you? It's not, how can I get out of this? It's, what do you want me to do in the midst of it? What, how can I serve you in the midst of it? Our great man of God shared that years ago when I was a kid. And as I became a man, like Paul said, I put away childish things. And you begin to adhere and listen closely to what people have said to you years down the road. And I love that about people that you can meet because God can use them to plant seeds into you. you Plant seeds into you, and then later, as it grows and you grow older and get mature, what they said has relevance in every aspect of your life. It's not just something that happens for the moment, but you could take what is being said and use it for the very course of your life. Because there are truths that are just truth and founded in the Word of God. And there's something just about truth, how we can how we are one with truth. Truth became flesh and dwelled among us and the world beheld him the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth and it's interesting that that our father who is spirit we must worship him in what spirit and in truth and so truth is the word and the word says in john 15 abide in me because truly when I'm abiding in him, or as Psalms 91 says, I'm living in the shadows of the almighty, you know, I'm in his covering, I'm in his space, I'm in him. It is from that space that I can do life from. It's the space that I'm supposed to do life from. It's the space that directs my steps. Jesus said, I am the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. His way is the best way. And truth is where I can judge things from. I can look at things. I can see it through the lens of truth and be able to judge what's God, what's flesh, and what's the enemy. And be able to move accordingly. Or to be able to be aware of what's moving and what's happening and not be sucked into what's going on around us. My friends, what am I talking about? Jesus said this to the apostles. They were disciples at that time. And they were at, uh, I think, uh, uh, Philippi Sisseri or Sisseri Philippi was over there. And he asked them a question. He said, whom the man say that I am? 
And, you know, they looked among themselves. They said, well, some say, you know, you're John the Baptist. Some say you're, you know, you're this prophet. Some say you're this person. People will have many opinions about a lot of things. People will have an opinion. And that's the danger is that we need to be careful that uh, that we don't fall prey to any narrative from any affiliate. We need to always get our narrative from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own. The Bible says he will convey, he will share what the Father is thinking. He will share what's on the heart of Jesus for any given situation. And we need to follow his lead. Where do we find his narrative? We find his narrative in the, in the written word itself or even in prayer as he, re, he releases right now spoken rhema word into your situation. Is he the shepherd that is leading you in this moment? Is he the shepherd that's helping you navigate, you know, in this in this time, in this troubled time, in this challenging time? Is he the one leading, guiding you to the, the still waters to be refreshed? A lot of you need to be refreshed. And I just speak a refreshing over you right now, a refreshing by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would be refreshed, that you would be washed away from anything that is planted negative seeds through to the news affiliates or just reading articles or just people's opinions. I, I speak right now and I just declare a, a waterfall of the, of the presence of the Holy Spirit would begin to wash and, re, and renew and, and move all the stuff out of the way because God is a God of order. He's not, a, he's not the author of confusion. And I'd imagine that as Jesus was asking them the questions, everybody had an opinion about who Jesus is. They really did. You know, no one could pinpoint who he, who he was. Or I would even go so far as to say some were afraid to even say he was truly the one they were looking for in, in, uh, in, uh, in fear of what the religious leaders would say. You know, fear that the religious leaders would throw them out, kick them out of church, and they couldn't go to church anymore. So some were afraid. To say that so they would, you know, well, I'll just follow your opinion. It's easy to follow that opinion because that won't get me kicked out. But I tell you that it's, it's, it's nothing wrong with standing for what is true. So he asks them the next question. Them walking with him and all this time, he says to them, he says, whom do, whom do you say that I am? Like, he says, I heard their public opinion, but do you have a, a revelation of who I am? And I want to ask you. Where are you getting your revelation from? Who is Jesus to you in this moment? Is he truly Savior? Is he truly the provider? Is he truly the deliverer? Is he truly hope and peace? Is he truly healer? Is he truly the creator? Is he truly the Most High God, the Lord of hosts? He has been many things to, to many people throughout time. The Bible says in Hebrews that in, in, in many times that God has manifested himself in many different ways, but it's all him. And that in these times, he's spoken through us to Jesus. And in Jesus left us the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in all truth and show us things to come. And so here we are at this question and they're, they're, they're looking like, man, uh, I want to, I want to know, I want to say he's this, but I'm not sure. And, you know, that's what flesh and blood does. Flesh and blood cannot discern anything that is spirit. And so Peter stands up 
and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, Peter, I want you to know this. I believe Jesus, the whole point of him asking this question was to drive this point home. And I believe this is a point that needs to be driven home for the rest of your life. You need to live by this. He tells him, he says, Peter, he said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. I'm going to say again, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Let me go a step further. The, the, the carnal mind doesn't want to be subject to God, doesn't, want, doesn't know the mind of God. It only, it only knows the things of this world. It only understands the things that men deal with. And so there are things that are happening in this world today that, that have a spiritual backdrop. There's things that are happening in the spirit realm and they're being played out here in the natural. And if you want to know what's happening, then you need to get into the spirit. It needs to be revealed to you. And so Peter took this lesson of hearing that what was being revealed to him, Jesus tells him, it did not come from your flesh and blood. It did not come from human thinking. It did not come from any of these opinions you've heard. But what was revealed to you came from my father in heaven, who is a spirit. What was he saying? He says, if you want to know anything about any given situation, you're going to have to get into the spirit. The spirit is going to have to reveal to you what's going on. And I'm not talking about just any spirit because in this day and age, people are consulting spirits. They're consulting psychics. They're consulting new age. They're going after these things. Jesus said, if no one, if you come any other way other than me, you are a thief and a robber. You are trying to access a realm that God has created through other affiliates. And let me tell you, friends, if you are doing that, you are going through a demonic door. And, and demons do not have your best intent at all. They want to ensnare you. They want to keep you bound. They want to wrap you up and give you something. And so what they'll do, they'll slide a little truth, but it'll be laced with a lie to ensnare you. But if you're going to engage anything, if you want to know anything about this life, you've got to go to God. You have to consult the Holy Spirit. And so he tells him, Peter, everything in your life you need to take to God. The Bible says that we ought to take our prayers and our supplications before the Lord. Not to another human being. If we're going to gather together as, as another brothers and sisters, we need to gather together to pray so that we can get the mandate, so that we can move in the Spirit. The Bible says in Romans that we, know, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit always does. So what does that tell you? We need to spend time in prayer. We need to begin to pray. We need to fall on our knees. I was thinking of this song, Oh Holy Night. And I think the most powerful part of that song is when they say, fall on your knees. You know, there's something about a surrender. There's something about falling on your knees. It's an act of surrender. But we fall on our knees to pray, to, to, to seek Him. And when we pray, it's, it's us surrendering from our way and what we think we know to do is right. And we are saying, God, Yahweh, I want to I consult you. I want to come to you with my petitions. I truly believe that you are who you, says you, you say you are. In Hebrews, it says this. It says that, you know, without faith, it is impossible not only to please God, but to walk with God. And that you must believe that he is. First, you must believe that he is. What does that mean? That means there are many names that God has given over the times 
to, to different men and women who were believing and trusting. He would reveal an aspect of who he is. And that name was who, was who he is at that moment. Whatever he says, that's who he is. He, he doesn't say one thing and he is something else. So he, when he revealed himself as the one who sanctifies, when he reveals himself as the one who heals or Elohim or the Lord of hosts, you know, he's revealing an aspect of him and that aspect of him is what is needed in that moment. And so as we call upon the one who is everything, who has everything, who can do anything, then we're going to get what we need in that moment. But he's so amazing that he doesn't just give you what you need. He says, if you commit your ways, if you live a life committing your ways unto me, I will give you what? Not just what you need, but the desires of your heart. And then you got to think of too, as you are committing your ways and surrendering what you want, then the Lord begins to reveal his desire. Because remember, when he decided that you would come and be here in this time and frame. He had in his mind what you were going to accomplish and what you were going to do. The Spirit of the Lord knows the will and the purpose of God. That's why that lesson that he spoke to Peter was so pertinent for the rest of his life. So detrimental for the rest of his life. That Peter, if you get this here, you're going to be fine. Because you're always going to come back to me and say, what is your opinion? I've heard everybody else's opinion. I've heard what they thought about you. But what is your opinion? Friends, we are in a, a moment where there's been just, 2020 has just been an interesting time, to say it lightly. In some ways, a funny way to say it, it's been a circus. Just an onslaught of things that have gone on. We've seen a lot of people that, that meant a lot have left here. Um, we have seen, you know, just people challenged and fighting for their lives. You know, whether it is fighting for their lives, for their physical life, or fighting for their livelihood because they've lost their job. We've seen so many things. And if you are still here, you are still breathing, God is not done. God was not absent in those times. And he's not going to be absent now. The Bible says this, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. He is in control. He has always been in control and he will not relinquish that control over the earth. The Bible says man has many plans. Man makes many plans. But it is the purpose and will of God that actually prevails. What am I doing? I'm speaking truth to you to stir your heart, to let you know that your hope in a man, your hope in a party is going to disappoint you. Anything that is not God can and will disappoint you. Even I can disappoint you. Even if I don't mean to, there are people in your life that are well-meaning towards you can disappoint you because what? We're imperfect. We're in the process of being perfected by the one. But the Bible says in Romans that hope in Jesus does not disappoint. What does that look like? That means that whatever, whoever wins uh, the presidency, whoever, whatever circumstances we are facing as a nation or as the world at large, that Jesus is in control. And that if I put my hope in him, I'm going to be able to navigate these seas through thanksgiving. How do I do that? Well, the Bible says in Psalms 100 
Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Thanksgiving is a way to navigate. Gratefulness is a way to navigate through the rough seas. Lord, I thank you. It's not that I'm thanking him for things not going well. I'm thanking him for being sick or I'm thanking him for not having a job or I'm thanking for no. But I understand that in spite of what it looks like, my God, your God is still worthy of the praise. He is still worthy of the praise. And I'm going to give you praise because it's easy to praise God when it's going well. It really is. It really doesn't take any effort on your part. But there's something about a sacrifice that says, God, even though I feel the way I feel, I know you are worthy. I know that you're going to get me through this. I know that you are all powerful. I know that you are mighty. I, I love this where it talks about feeding on his faithfulness. How do I feed upon his faithfulness? I feed upon his faithfulness by looking back. A friend of mine came to me one day and said, hey, you need to look back at your journal. You need to journal and you need to be looking back, revisiting your journal. And I was like, okay, okay, you need to be doing it. And so when I started doing this, revisiting my journal, I would, I would see where I wrote about a situation and then I wrote about how God came through. And that, that theme was a theme that just continued to move throughout my journal. And as I read that, it just stirred something in me that, man, God, you were there in that. You were there here. You were here. This is what you did here. This is what you did here. And there was a record of his goodness. It was a record of his hand being in the midst. And that I could see that as I chewed on that, as I read that and meditated, I was feeding on his faithfulness. Because my friends, I'm going to tell you, he is faithful. He is faithful. I love the testimony of Sarah in the book of Hebrews. It talks about the hall of faith. And it talks about these ones that were just like you and I. Trusting God, believing God for a particular thing. And I love that the scripture says that she judged him faithful. She judged him faithful. What does that mean? She said, I judged him faithful because he was true to his word. He told her she was going to have a, a baby. When she had never had the ability to have a baby. Even after she was old and beyond. Any hope or po human possibility of having a kid. The Lord tells her. And even after she made a mistake. And takes her handmaid and give it, gives it to Abraham her husband. And says here. Maybe this is how God is going to do it. Even after she decided I'm just going to help God. The Lord said no. He didn't whoop, he didn't beat her across the head. He wanted he knew what he was asking, what he had spoken concerning her was way bigger than her. And for her to wrap her head around it was going to be a challenge. He didn't judge her for that. He told her, he said, That's Sarah, that's not I'm not doing that. When I told you what I told you about that child, it's coming from you. So there was a point where Sarah now was confronted with, wow. I just did this, and God is not mad, but he's still telling me, no, it's coming through you. And she laughed. And I love that her son was named Laughter. That's what the name Isaac means, because God laughs too. The Bible says in Psalms 2, he said, my Lord, the Most High, sits in the heaven, and he laughs. What is he laughing about? He's laughing at what the enemy thinks he's going to do. He's laughing at what man thinks he's going to do. He laughs. 
He laughs at the impossible things that you and I face. Why is he laughing? He's not laughing at us, but he laughs at that because what appears to be impossible to you and I is quite possible in him. And that's why we have to live in that space of abiding in him, living under the shadows of the Almighty. Because when we are living in Christ, moving and breathing in him, that which appears to be impossible will be possible. I want to encourage you, my friends, that what you need right now is to shift your heart. Everything around you is saying this and saying that and saying all these various things. And it's just so hard to gauge what's going on or what's going to happen. Can I tell you, my friends, there are two places, one or two places I'll share with you. Daniel was in that same space. And, um, and, and John, the, the apostle, was in that same space. Daniel was in that space. There was so much going on in the kingdom of Babylon, which Israel was enslaved over. And Daniel was pleading, talking to God, you know, about his people being in exile from their homeland. You know, because of, you know, disobedience or, or what have you. But that, God, when are you going to deliver us? When, are, when is this going to lift and change? And he's seeking God. And he spoke to God that first day and he didn't get an answer right away. But Daniel begins to put on a fast where he didn't eat meat and he ate nothing pleasant. And he fasted for 21 days because he was contending. He was turning his eyes to heaven. I love there's a song by Jason Upton where he says, turn your eyes to heaven. Lord, let me hear your command. There's a time in which we as believers need to shift our eyes to heaven. We need to turn, set our gaze upon the one who is in control of all things. I love the Bible says that set your affections on things above, not on things beneath. Why? Your affections. What are your affections? Those are, that is the emotions. When you have your affections on things beneath, things are, in, things are un, unstable in this life. And if you lock into a party and say, well, I believe I'm, I'm going to jump with the Republicans or I'm going to jump with the Democrats or I'm going to jump with the Independents, I'm going to jump with whomever. Let me tell you, Jesus warned us of the leaven of the political arena, which he said, beware of the leaven of Herod. He also said, Be leaven, beware of the leaven of the religious leaven, that it would ruin the lump. What is that leaven? The leaven is their ideology, what they believe. And if you're not careful, you can... Call yourself, and I hear believers, and I'm not knocking anybody, but I have to state the truth and speak truth. I hear believers aligning themselves saying, I'm, I'm a dim, or I'm a repub, or I'm a this, and I'm a that. And I said, no, you're not none of those things. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. You are the bride of Christ. Your God in heaven does not look at you and say, oh, there's my democratic son, or there's my republican son, or there's my independent son. He does not say that. He does not put that out there. And yet we have aligned ourselves. It reminds me of the time in Corinthians where Paul is addressing the people. He says, here you are saying, well, I'm of Apollos, or I'm of Paul, or I'm of this person. Paul said, I'm glad I didn't baptize you. Because you are making yourself of me. When you are not of me, you belong to God. In, in 1 John 4, um. The Apostle John has written that. And he's telling the church of Ephesus, remember, remember, little children, you are of me. So I'm saying this 
to the, the, everybody of the sound of my voice, little children, the bride, son and daughter, you are of the Most High. You are not of any political affiliate. You're not of any club you think you are a part of. You are of God. And because you are of Him, everything He is, you are. That's what Scripture says. That's truth. I'm here to turn your eyes back to heaven. And so Daniel begins to plead unto God. He's beginning to look unto heaven. He's like, look, nothing down here satisfies. Nothing down here is satisfying me or giving me the answers I see. It is only the one I know who has all the answers. I got to go to him and he does. And finally he's encountered by the angel Gabriel. This is in Daniel chapter 10. And he's encountered by the angel, and the angel lets him know that there was a, a, a fight in the second heaven, in the heavenlies, where there was the principality of the present regime, Persia, Persia Mede, and that this new principality of Greece coming in, and there was this contention, there was this interference that was happening. The Bible says... The gates of hell cannot prevail. Now, it didn't say it couldn't hinder, but it cannot prevail. God is going to prevail, dear ones. He is going to prevail. He is going to do what he said he's going to do. And so he's letting him know there was such a fight that Michael, the archangel, comes down to help him. To hold them at bay so he can get the message. And he tells him, I heard you the very first day. Some of you in here need to hear that God hears your prayers. Even if you have not seen a response, even if you have not heard a response, if you've seen nothing that tells you that God heard you, let me tell you, God has heard your prayer. And he is going to let you know that he heard your prayer. I liken this to a farmer. When a farmer teals the ground, breaks up the ground, prepares the ground for this, this is his livelihood. And then after he has broken up the ground, he hopes that he has done all that he knows to do so that when he plants those seeds down there and he begins to water, can you imagine watering and you don't see nothing for a week? You don't see nothing for two weeks. You don't see nothing for a month or two months. You're looking, you're like, man, you know, there is, because your life depends on it. But all of a sudden, in the midst of you going out routinely, watering, watering that seed, Watering that seed that you have planted. Watering that seed that you have planted. Continuing to contend. That's what he's doing. As he's watering that ground, he is contending for that seed. And when he continues to contend, all of a sudden, the Bible says in the other half of Hebrews, after you believe that God is who he is, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that the, the one who contends, the one who is diligent, all of a sudden he sees the blade of blade coming up from the ground. What is the blade? That blade of grass or that blade of, of the leaf breaking through the ground. Some of you are going to experience that, that uh, breakthrough in the ground. You're seeing that, that grass, that seed breaking forth through the ground, letting you know, guess what? That seed that you've been contending for has been heard, has has went into the ground and has died. Jesus said if a seed goes in the ground and it doesn't die, it just abides alone. But if it does die, it bears much fruit. 30, 60, and 104. And I just speak and declare, you're going to bear much fruit. 
30, 60, and 100 fold. If you contend for that which God is giving you. If you stop looking to man to do it, but look to God and water, contend, I guarantee you, you're going to see God move. You're going to see him move. Another space, John, the revelator, who was during the first church, he was in that time where there was persecution. There was instability everywhere, sort of like us. In our day to day, we got a lot of persecution of believers. We got all kind of instability going on and they boil him in oil and that didn't kill him. So they throw him on an island of Patmos, you know, with vipers and all kind of things, thinking that, you know what, he's 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 going to die anyway. He didn't die from that, but he has an encounter with the most high. And I love Revelations four, where he says, he looked up and he saw a door open in heaven and he heard a voice like a trumpet telling him to come up here. He must show him things. I love the fact that John began to look up, began to look into the, into the heavenlies to get the answers about what's going on presently and what's to come. My friends, I want to encourage you. It is time to get on your knees and begin to set your affections on things above. Begin to set your gaze on the one who has all the answers and begin to pour your heart out. Begin to ask questions. And if you need to gather with another brother or sister, do that. But not gather to talk about all this stuff. Take your petitions and your prayers before the Lord because you have his ears. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is near, is so near in his heart. His ear is so open to the cry of his people. He wants to hear your heart. He, 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 he knows what you have needed before you ask. But it's time for us to turn to him. There are things in heaven that wants to come down here on earth. And he's waiting for the earth to open up. The scripture says in the Bible, says, open up your mouth and I will fill it. Hmm. Open up your mouth and I will fill it. Will you be like the, the scripture that says in Psalms 103 where it says, I'm, my mouth is satisfied from those things which are above. God satisfied my mouth with good things. Only them things that come from heaven can truly satisfy me. Give me the comfort that I need. Give me the peace I need. Give me direction I need. Give me hope I need. Give me faith I need to stand. To be steadfast and unmovable. Believing in the one who is in control of all things. It's time for us to set our, fix our hearts. Not regarding to what this is going to do or what this is going to become, but setting our hearts on the one who is in control and saying, you give me your narrative and I will take that word, that seed, and I will plant it in the heart of my life and I will water it to see it come to pass. I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. That your faith would not fail you not. That if your faith and your hope has been in anything other than God, I ask that you would repent for that and just not partner with that. But that, Lord, I, I put all my eggs in your basket. Lord, I, I lay everything to you. Some may say, well, I've been praying and I haven't heard anything. Well, I just gave you an example of somebody who was contending, contending, contending. Continue to contend. Continue to run after it. Because he does hear you and he is moving. Even if you don't see it. Even if you can't see it or gauge it with your own eyes. Know that he's moving on your behalf. He is not a God that he is absent. 
He's not a man. He's not a God that he's man. He should lie. No, the son of man should repent. But that what he says is true. Who he, what he says is who he is. And I speak, Father, Lord, that you would renew their hope. You would refresh them. You would strengthen them. Father, I pray that, that they would understand not by might nor by power, but by the power of your spirit, saith the Lord, is things moved and changed. That we as sons and daughters get out of this physical realm and step into the spirit and begin to engage you. Give them direction. Give them wisdom. Give them knowledge. Give them understanding. Let the Spirit of the Lord begin to move and minister to everyone at the sound of my voice. You know what they have need of. Where they need to be strengthened. Where they need perspective. Shift their perspective right now. I plead the blood over them. The blood of Jesus. That you would bind the hand of the enemy on the north, south, east, and west. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Father, I bless them and we, we ask you to keep them. And you are more than capable of keeping that which is committed unto you. So we love you today, Lord, and we honor you in Jesus' mighty name. Bless you, dear ones. Look forward to chatting with you soon. Amen.